Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on NRM Streamcast. Kicking off this week's show with what's widely considered the Rolling Stones' most political song, going back to 1968, the album Beggar's Banquet, the seventh UK release and the ninth US album. It dropped on December 6th, 1968, shortly before my third birthday. You do the math. It was the first Stones record produced by Jimmy Miller. It is number 301 on Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Released as a single in August 1968, it peaked at number 48 on Billboard's Hot 100. 
It's also the song that the Stones have been opening shows with on their current No Filter Tour. How do I know this? Well, it's common knowledge if you look on the interwebs, but also because I was there. I was there last Thursday night at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be able to look anybody squarely in the eye and say, yep, I've seen the Stones. I can scratch that off my rock show list. Crazy stupid monster props to my friend Margaret, who had an extra ticket and said, hey, I got an extra ticket. You want it? And I said yes. In addition to that... I also received some other awesome news last Thursday that I'm not quite at liberty to disclose as of yet, but suffice it to say, last Thursday was a red-letter day. And while we're on the subject of the Rolling Stones street fighting man, I think it's also interesting to note that the very first time I saw Springsteen live back in 1984, he covered that song. It was a song that he was covering pretty much nightly on that tour. Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast, and right about now you're going, so what else is on the show this week? And I am so glad that you asked. For the lion's share of today's show, we are going to be focusing on a couple of albums that I just accidentally stumbled onto recently. So it's fun when, uh, you know, you're thinking... I, I don't have any new releases on the horizon that I'm excited about. And then just out of nowhere, a couple of things pop up that grab my attention. And what may those be, you ask? Well, first and foremost, we're going to spend some quality time with the debut album from a band called Dirty Honey. I first learned of them from a, a story on Spin.com. And the angle of the story was that here was a band putting the roll back into rock and roll. So that raised an eyebrow. I took a listen, dug what I had to hear. If you're a fan of the raw, rough, gritty, stonesy faces, black crows school of rock and roll, I think that you're going to dig Dirty Honey. We are also going to spend some quality time with a brand new record from singer, songwriter, guitarist, Adia Victoria, straight out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. Her brand new album, A Southern Gothic, was executive produced by the great T-Bone Burnett. The title, A Southern Gothic, is not just a clever title, it's truth in advertising. As her music has been referred to as gothic blues, and I do not disagree, and it does not disappoint. Aside from brand new records from Adia Victoria and Dirty Honey, we are going to honor the life, legacy, and music of the late Lonnie Smith. Also known as Dr. Lonnie Smith, he was one of the undisputed heavyweight champs of the Hammond B3 organ, and we're going to spend some quality time with the music of the late, great Dr. Lonnie Smith. All this and much, much less on today's show, but first I want to give it up for the band who opened for the Stones last Thursday night, and a band who's going to be opening several dates for the Stones on their No Filter Tour. Ghost Hounds are straight out of Pittsburgh. They've got a brand new album called A Little Calamity, which dropped on September 3rd. It's the follow-up to their 2019 debut, Roses Are Black. They also dropped a live album earlier this year that was recorded in 2019 while they were on tour with the Stones, ZZ Top and Bob Seger. Fun fact, 
The rhythm guitarist of the Ghost Hounds is none other than Pittsburgh Steelers part owner and former chairman and CEO of legendary entertainment, Thomas Tull. Rolling Stones backing vocalist Sasha Allen, who fills the enviable shoes of Mary Clayton's performance on Gimme Shelter night after night on this tour, appears on two songs on the new album. The new album also features a cover of Springsteen's Thunder Road. Before I went to the show, I listened to the album. I'm going, okay, digging the new album. Not bad, but they really brought it live. I have to say, I think I like them better live than on record. However, nothing could have prepared me for the sheer delight of them covering Cliff Richard's Devil Woman.
and summers still remain How many days are lost in vain Who's cutting out these last remaining years How many minutes do we have
you've got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. Wrapping up that last set of music with a brand new track from John Mellencamp featuring some dude by the name of Bruce Springsteen, one of three songs they recorded together for John's forthcoming album. It'll be his 24th studio album since 1976. We don't have a release date or a title. However, I would not be surprised if we learned both of these facts sometime in the very near future. And though Bruce and John have crossed paths several times before in their careers, they've rarely performed live together, and this is the first time they have created in the studio together. In the meantime, I can tell you this... Springsteen's legendary 1979 No Nukes concert drops on CD, vinyl, DVD, and Blu-ray on November 19th and digitally on November 23rd. Plus, the companion book to Springsteen and President Barack Obama's Renegades podcast drops on October 26th. Before John Mellencamp, Brand new music from Jason Isbell and the 400 unit Georgia Blue drops digitally on October 15th. CD and vinyl releases drop on Record Store Day, Black Friday. To recap, on November 5th, 2020, Isbell tweeted that if Biden won the state of Georgia in the U.S. presidential election, he'd record a charity record of covers of songs by Georgia artists. A few weeks back, we played you his version of Driver 8 featuring John Paul White of the Civil Wars. In this set of music, we heard their interpretation of Midnight Train to Georgia, also featuring White, as well as Britney Spencer. As a matter of fact, Jason gets the fuck out of the way and lets Britney take the spotlight on that. Britney Spencer's debut EP dropped in late 2020. Before that, she toured as a background singer with the likes of Christopher Cross and Carrie Underwood. Midnight Train to Georgia was written by Jim Weatherly, originally recorded by Gladys Knight and the Pips, who had a number one hit with it in 1973 and won the 1974 Grammy for Best R&B Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group. Before John Mellencamp, before Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, Parquet Courts, brand new album from Parquet Courts, drops on October 22nd. It will be called Sympathy for Life. It's the follow-up to 2018's Wide Awake, their eighth album overall. However, you could put an asterisk next to 2017's Milano, which was a collaboration with Daniel Lupi. You could also put an asterisk next to 2014's Content Nausea, which was credited to Parquet Quartz, and that's spelled P-A-R-K-A-Y, not unlike the margarine, and quartz as in your car will need five quarts of 10W40 motor oil, as opposed to Parquet Quartz, which is spelled P-A-R-Q-U-E-T as in the wood, quartz as in C-O. U-R-T-S, as in tennis or of law. That concludes our spelling lesson for today. Content Nausea, which was credited to Parquet Quartz, was recorded chiefly by A. Savage and Austin Brown. So it was the two front people of the band. 
That asterisk of an album followed Sunbathing Animal by six months. And now you know more about parquet courts than you ever wanted to know. At the top of the set, Ghost Town's interpretation of Sir Cliff Richard's Devil Woman. That's right, I said Sir. He is officially a recipient of the title Sir, as in by order of the British Empire. Devil Woman is a song I have loved ever since I was a kid. It first appeared on Cliff's 1976 album, I'm Nearly Famous, co-written by Terry Britton and Christine Holmes. Now, in the UK, Cliff Richard has been huge since the late 50s. In the United States, he's had a handful of hits, the first of them being Devil Woman, which reached number six on Billboard's Hot 100. To this day, it remains his highest charting U.S. hit. Hey everybody, it's Debt Snow Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast and moving right along. Right now, we are going to spend some quality time with this superlative new album from singer-songwriter-guitarist Adia Victoria, born Adia Victoria Paul. She was born in Spartanburg, South Carolina. One of six siblings, she was raised in a Seventh-day Adventist home, started writing poetry and short stories after her parents divorced, and her family left the church before she started high school. During this time, she started exploring the music of secular artists like Nirvana, Fiona Apple, and Miles Davis. After high school, she went to New York, then Atlanta. A friend gave her a guitar. She started exploring the blues, and then she moved to Nashville in 2010, where she earned her GED, studied French in college and played at South by Southwest in 2016, which was the year that her debut album, Beyond the Bloodhounds, dropped. A Southern Gothic is her third album and the follow-up to 2019's Silences, and it was executive produced by T-Bone Burnett and features appearances by Margot Price, Jason Isbell, Kashona Armstrong, Stone Jack Jones, and Matt Berninger. And while that is an impressive list of guests, make no mistake, a Southern Gothic succeeds 100% because of what Adia Victoria brings to the table. I followed you into the blue and north into the cold you led me off my land You led me far from home I tried to be the kind of girl Who never needed share I gave you all my light And I got night to show for it I'm going back so Then I care a lot I'm gonna plant myself Under a magnolia I'm gonna let
Magnolia, 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 Magnolia. Trouble mind, 
got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. In that last set of music, a fistful of tracks from singer-songwriter-guitarist Adia Victoria. Her brand new album is called A Southern Gothic. At the top of the set, we heard Magnolia Blues featuring Kashona Armstrong and Margot Price, followed by You Was Born to Die featuring Margot Price and Jason Isbell. Troubled Mind far from dixie and we wrap things up with carolina bound hey everybody it's debts no honest man can pay my name is greenberg thank you so much for joining us we're here weekly on nrm streamcast moving right along we're gonna pour one out for the late great lonnie smith the legendary hammond b3 organist passed away on september 28th at the age of 79 from pulmonary fibrosis he was born in lackawanna new york on july July 3rd, 1942. One of his earliest bands, the Teen Kings, also featured the legendary Grover Washington Jr. Lonnie's first significant break came in 1966 when he joined the George Benson Quartet shortly after he moved to New York. After two albums with Benson, he released his first solo album in 1967. The following year, he signed with the legendary Blue Note label and recorded five albums for them. He left in 1970, but would eventually return in 2015. It was in the early 70s that he started referring to himself as Dr. Lonnie Smith and around the same time started wearing the turban that he is famous for wearing. He's got no less than 29 albums under his belt spanning from 1967 through 2021. This includes both studio albums and live recordings. His latest dropped earlier this year called Breathe, and it's a live album that featured two collaborations with Iggy Pop. In 2017, he was a recipient of the National Endowment of the Arts Jazz Master Award. He was named the Jazz Journalist Association's Keyboard Organist of the Year from 2003 through 2005, 2008 through 2011, and 2013 through 2014. If you're even a casual listener of the show, you know I loves me some Hammond B3 organ music. As a matter of fact, we did a whole episode dedicated to the Hammond B3 organ earlier this year. Check out the episode titled B3 Summit. Lonnie Smith is one of these guys I've always been aware of, and even as a kid, I would confuse him with Lonnie Liston Smith, but that's neither here nor there. Dr. Lonnie Smith started to make an impact on me with his 2001 release, Boogaloo to Beck. Yes, that back. Here's a serious jazz dude who, at the time that he released Boogaloo to Beck, had been doing what he had been doing at the top of his game for nearly 40 years. And he decides, I'm going to do a tribute album to this alt-rock dude who's been around for a fraction of the time that I have. And it remains one of my favorite Hammond B3 organ albums of all time. Yes, You hear me often singing the praises of Jimmy Smith, but make no mistake, if there were 
a Mount Rushmore of Hammond B3 organists, Dr. Lonnie would be right up there next to Jimmy, Brother Jack McDuff, and of course, the great Richard Groove Holmes. On top of that, not unlike Groove Holmes or Jimmy Smith, Dr. Lonnie Smith exerted a significant impact on hip-hop and funk. Here's this dude who all of a sudden decides he's going to start calling himself doctor and wearing a turban, which from an image standpoint kind of puts him in that Sun Ra space. However, Dr. Lonnie Smith was never as way far out there as Sun Ra, never quite as avant-garde. Everything Dr. Lonnie Smith did was funky. He continued to be cool. He continued to be relevant. If Boogaloo Tebek didn't already cement his street cred going into the next century, his closing gambit of releasing an album with no less than two collaborations with Iggy Pop was the cherry atop Dr. Lonnie Smith's Sunday of Cool. So let's go back to this whole why he started calling himself Doctor, why he started wearing the turban. There's no real concrete, verifiable story that can explain this. Everything is apocryphal. One theory is that fellow musicians started calling Smith Doctor due to his ability to doctor up their music. Another is that he adopted the title in an attempt to differentiate himself from other musicians, i.e. the aforementioned Lonnie Liston Smith. As far as the turban goes, he said the turban had no religious significance and was something he had worn since he was young. Matt Collar of All Music suggested the turban was a theatrical gesture to his spiritual views on music, but Smith himself said he didn't know why he started wearing a turban, referencing the iconic headwear of Sun Ra as well as the mohawk that Sonny Rollins had sported. The closest I could find to a concrete reason as to why Lonnie Smith started referring to himself as doctor is this quote. I'm a doctor of music, I've been playing long enough to operate on it, and I do have a degree, and I will operate on you. I'm a neurosurgeon. If you need something done to you, I can do it. But when I go up on that stand, the only thing I'm thinking of is music.
by virtue of the fact that you are currently listening, you need no further assistance finding the Debts No Honest Man Can Pay podcast. However, your friends may need a little assistance. In which case, be a good friend and tell them they can find us pretty much everywhere you find such things. Places like Apple, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Castro, Radio Public, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. And while you're at it, tell them we archive every episode of the podcast and they're conveniently found at debtsnohonestmancanpay.com where they will also find every playlist of every episode dating back to April 2003 when we were just a mere mortal radio program. Regardless of where you get the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We love it. With that, let's get back to the show. In that last set, a hat trick of selections from the late, great Dr. Lonnie Smith, the legendary Hammond B3 organist. At the top of the set, we heard the title track of the 1975 album Aphrodisia. It's a record that I have been a fan of since early 2020. It was just scant days after losing my job in a reorg yet a month before covid a period of time i like to call my covid pregame i was sitting in one of my favorite vegan restaurants in town waiting to have dinner with my sister and i'm just chilling i always take notice of what's playing on the house sound system wherever i am and there was just this undeniably funky music playing and I shazammed it and it was the title track of Lonnie Smith's Aphrodisia. Bought my very own copy, have been enjoying it ever since. It is such a funky slab of soul jazz that sounds like it could have leapt right out of the soundtrack of a classic early 70s black exploitation film. It is a song that features Lonnie's longtime friend, George Benson, on the guitar. Although, when you read the liner notes, it doesn't credit him as George Benson. It credits him as compliments of a friend. Another interesting thing to note about the liner notes is that, aside from composer credit, Lonnie's name is not listed anywhere else on the record. Perhaps that's just because Lonnie just figured it's obvious that I'm playing on this record, it's my record. But when you listen to Aphrodisia, it really sounds like either he's not playing organ on it at all, or it's really low in the mix. And perhaps this is just Lonnie's opportunity to flex those composer-arranger muscles And he is magnanimous on this track. He is letting the horns shine all day long. He gives them the spotlight. There is some cool-ass vocalizations. I'm not 100% certain that Lonnie is singing on this. As a matter of fact, there's absolutely no credits in the liner notes as for who's singing. So that's a mystery as well. All I know is that we cannot pay homage to the late, great Dr. Lonnie Smith without playing Aphrodisia. In the middle of the set, something from Lonnie's last record, Breathe, 
Breathe features six tracks recorded live in New York, and it's bookended by two songs recorded at the Hit Factory in Miami. Both of those songs feature the great Iggy Pop, and they are both covers. The album kicks off with an interpretation of Timmy Thomas's Why Can't We Live Together, and wraps up with the song we heard in the middle, an interpretation of Donovan's sunshine superman we wrap things up with yet another cover going to the 2003 album boogaloo to beck and dr lonnie smith's interpretation of beck's paper tiger the original version of paper tiger appeared on beck's sea change album Hey everybody, it's Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay. My name is Greenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here weekly on NRM Streamcast. Moving right along, we are going to spend some quality time in the last full set of music with the debut album from Los Angeles-based band Dirty Honey. They formed in 2017, just wrapped up a tour with the Black Crows. They've also opened for the likes of The Who, Guns N' Roses, and Slash. Dirty Honey is Mark LaBelle on lead vocals, John Notto on guitar, Justin Smullian on bass, and drummer Corey Coverstone. Their 2019 self-titled EP was recorded in Australia with producer Nick DiDia, best known for his work as Brendan O'Brien's recording engineer, which means he's worked on records by Bruce Springsteen, Paul Westerberg, Matthew Sweet, and Pearl Jam, among many others. Their 2019 song, When I'm Gone, became the first song by an unsigned band to top Billboard's mainstream rock chart. Their self-titled full-length debut dropped on April 23rd. It was recorded during quarantine, virtually produced by Didia, who resides in Australia. As I was saying earlier, it was the headline of the Spin.com feature that piqued my interest. The headline reads, Dirty Honey Want to Put the Role Back in Rock. How can I not want to hit play immediately after the gauntlet that has been dropped by that headline? I am not disappointed. As a matter of fact, I am damn delighted. This is rough around the edges, raw rock and roll with all the grooves and sleaze intact. If you're a fan of the better parts of Guns N' Roses, the Stones, the Faces, the Black Crows, Dirty Honey is right up your alley. It is right up the fuck my alley. From that same Spin.com article, here's what frontman Mark LaBelle had to say about the current state of rock and roll. The typical rock radio music you hear today is missing the roll, that swing. I think that might be off-putting to a lot more casual music fans. But the blues in there? That's what makes rock and roll more, and that's what we're after.
you've got three ways to connect with us on social media. Number one, like Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay on Facebook. Number two, follow us on Twitter at Exile on E Street. And number three, like us on Instagram at Exile on E Street. Same as Twitter, making it extra convenient. Or if you want to kick it old school, drop us an email. Debt's No Honest Man Can Pay at gmail.com. A fistful of tracks on that last set from Dirty Honey's self-titled debut, the Los Angeles band dropped their very first full-length album in April of this year, and they've just wrapped up a tour with the Black Crows. From Dirty Honey's self-titled debut, we heard California Dreamin', The Wire, Gypsy, The Morning, and wrapped things up with another last time hey everybody it's debts no honest man can pay my name is greenberg thank you so much for joining us we're here weekly on nrm streamcast and we're gonna wrap things up much in the same way that we kicked things off with an undisputed classic from the rolling stones we kicked things off with street fighting man as that is the song they are kicking off their shows with on the no filter tour we're going to wrap things up with a song the stones played last thursday at bank of america stadium here in charlotte that was chosen by the fans every set list has a wild card slot where fans can go online and vote for one of four songs that the stones will plug into their playlist based on the set lists i've been seeing online it looks like the set list is 99.9 percent identical every night with the exception of that one wild card song that the fans vote on in this case the fans chose let it bleed and just a split second before they started playing the song i was going huh i don't think i've ever heard this we're gonna hear a deep cut a deep deep cut and then they started playing it and i'm like oh i know this song not only do i know this song but i have heard this song many many times and didn't realize until i was a week ago many years old that this wild card song that they played last week that we're gonna wrap up the show with was titled Let It Bleed. I always thought it was, we all need someone we can lean on, which is a really long and unwieldy title, but sometimes I have that kind of brain fart and it just stinks up the whole joint. Regardless, I I am delighted to know that I can still learn a thing or two, that I can still be surprised, that I can still have that what the fuck, I thought I knew everything moment, and to discover that I still have so much left to learn. So with that in mind, we are going to wrap up today's show with the title track of the Rolling Stones' 8th UK album, 10th US album, Let It Bleed. The album dropped on December 5th, 1969, so shortly before my fourth birthday, you do the math. And while it was only released as a single in Japan, it's a song that is a mainstay of classic rock radio, even before classic rock radio was a thing. Back in the day when it was just rock radio, it was a song I heard all the time, and it's a song that I'm sure you will be able to hear at least 50 times during any calendar week on any self-respecting classic rock station. Richie Unterberger of All Music Rights, Let It Bleed may be the best illustration of the way the Rolling Stones make a slightly sloppy approach work for them rather than against them. 
I could not agree more. And with that, we leave you in the capable hands of Mick, Keith, Woody, and the spirit of the late, great Charlie Watts. The world's greatest rock and roll band wraps up today's show with the title track of Let It Bleed. And with that, everybody have a great week. Take care, be safe, and remember, the dogs on Main Street howl because they understand. Oh,